Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I welcome photographer Atiba Jefferson. I was really excited to get Atiba on the podcast. He was one of the first photographers whose work I really looked up to and admired way back when I got into photography back in high school. I actually used to email him questions about just kind of lighting and uh, how to shoot skateboarding back when I was first starting. Um, Atiba has been one of the most influential skateboard photographers for decades. He got his start at Transworld Skateboarding Magazine, went on to help start the Skateboard Mag, is currently a staff photographer at Thrasher Magazine, as well as working for commercial and editorial clients such as Nike, Adidas, Slam, and Red Bull, to name a few. In this interview, I, I speak to Atiba about how he got his start in uh, photography, as well as his experience um, photographing so many influential NBA players um, for decades now, such as LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and many, many more. Um, so I hope you guys really enjoy this episode, and I can't thank Atiba enough. Like I said, um, he's one of my favorite photographers growing up, and was always really helpful and just a really good dude. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this one, and thanks so much. One, two, three. All right, I now welcome on uh, Tiba Jefferson. Uh, Tiba, we're at uh, RIT, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, recording right now where you've been for I think the last three days kind of work yeah. working with the students and this at is, the photography school yeah uh, how's that been what have you guys been working on this week this is your alma what do they call that one? Al, alma mater yeah I went to yeah. school here right you graduated from here I did it's really cool um, it's been great um, to be able to come to RIT and um, do workshops with the students and do lectures in the classrooms and then do a main lecture in the hall uh, it was amazing. Um, Clay, Patrick McBride, a professor here, um, hit me up with this, and it took a couple tries, but uh, once we got it going, I got Canon involved. Being a explorer of light for them is a is a great thing, but even better was they have a program where they have me come and do lectures and workshops at uh, universities. So I did University of Oregon um, about six months ago, and uh, that was great. You know, I... I actually always thought I was going to be a photo teacher. Uh, that was kind of my thing. Work at a skate shop and then become a photo teacher. Um, and then I never planned on being a pro skate photographer, if that's what you call it. But um, Seems like a hard thing to plan for. Yeah, it really is. Shout out to any uh, skate photographers who really wanted to do that since they were a kid. Because, yeah. you know, I, I can't believe I pulled it off. But... Back to Clay, um, Clay Patrick McBride. If those of you don't know, is an amazing photographer. Um, we, you know, he was he was ruling the pages of Slam Magazine and Double XL, and not just the pages, but the covers. Um, when I started for Slam and uh, the little stuff I've done for Double XL over the years, but he has two of the greatest covers of Slam that I I I get often asked if I shot which ones and I, I mean I think it's the two most iconic covers Al Iverson yeah. uh, with the afro and yep. Kobe Bryant with the with the with the snake oh shit to yeah me, yeah Clay to, did shoot that yeah, one yeah to yeah. me those those are you know you kind of can't get more iconic uh than those two covers so you know um you know he's a legend and uh uh has been such a great host unbelievable host uh, on this trip been great with the students yeah man students have been great yeah what do you what do you get out of that because like being a working photographer you're going from job to job you're doing commercial work your skate stuff i know you're yeah. involved with other businesses but like getting to be around kids who are just early stages of photography it's great yeah. it's great because i'll never forget being at that point what photography i'll never forget the excitement that i had learning a new technique i mean i still get excited but when you've been shooting photos and when you started in film like I did you know I feel like if I was a photographer now and I started in digital you would go back mm -hmm. but I can't go back because I started with film you know I started with a pinhole camera and 35 millimeter to medium format to 4x5 to 8x10 so for me I had the progression and then you get into digital um, and to be around for the start of digital, literally the start. So for me, um, it's, it, it's great to have that excitement and it's great to share that excitement that they have when you're able to, to ex 
expose them to that excitement. I mean, when you're able to expose them to those techniques. Yeah. Um, and I'm just a hyper social person. It just, it's in my DNA to work and create. And it's just such a positive atmosphere. That, you that, know, these three days have been, have been packed, um, 10 hour days, but it's always been great energy and, and it's flattering. You know, I never consider myself to be that much of a dude besides a dude that loves always having a camera on them. Yeah. So it's, it's really great to, um, see people so excited for me to be here and the, the skate community is really cool here the skate community's always been really cool here so they really showed up last night it was really flattering and um you know when you do these things i don't consider myself a very popular person so when i these people throw events with my name which i don't like i don't like the attention to yeah. be on me yeah you know i don't have that many art shows yeah um so for me it's like Oh damn! Is there gonna be a lot of people? How many people fit in the room? Damn! Is it the, like the public speaking? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like if they could force the kids there, that's great. <laughs> they have to be there. But when it's the one that no, it's not required. It's open, you know. But this one was great because it was open to the public. Yeah, all the skate homies from Crudco, the shop yeah. has been here forever. Like yeah. I know. Shout out Aaron. Yeah. Shout out Crudco. Yeah, they were all hyped for weeks that you were coming in. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you that, man, because like. Thanks for listening to the Tiba Jefferson episode so far. Uh, real quickly, I wanted to tell you guys about PickDrop. It's an image transfer tool I've been using every day for the past three years. Uh, personally, I was sick of platforms like Dropbox and WeTransfer and wanted something more catered to photographers. And with PickDrop, it was actually founded by a working photographer. So they understand what photographers need and are continually offering new tools to better organize and help deliver images to clients. With PicDrop, I can easily organize all my photos in one spot, make custom folders for each job, and also send video files. One of my favorite features with PicDrop is that clients can make selections and leave notes. So really this kind of streamlines my workflow with clients and it's a really easy way to communicate with them and help kind of make selections and whatnot for each job. Uh, PicDrop is a product I use every day and can personally recommend. I actually got to go visit their office in Berlin last week and met the whole crew. Um, it's just an independently owned business. Um, this, they've been doing it for 10 years now, and they really just want to work with like uh, photographers and help help them just kind of organize their files and transfer and just make it easier, you know? Um, so can't say enough about it. Um, and with today's episode, um, with the promo code BANTER, when you sign up, you'll get two free months of PickDrop. Um, so definitely go over to PickDrop.com, enter the promo code BANTER when you sign up, and you'll get two months free. Um, so let me know what you guys think, and definitely uh, go give it a try. And without further ado, we'll get back into the TBA episode. Pursuing any like creative like endeavor and making it your career is like hard enough but to be having a long career and find success, but then also have people like people showed up and like your work, people get excited about it. For me, like yeah. I came up on your photography in high school cause I was like a skate rat. And that's how I kind of learned about photography had like all you guys at trans world posters on my wall. But like, how does it feel to know that like your work kind of reson resonates with people and show up in that that's way? In it's insanely flattering. Cause yeah. I, I still feel like a lot of times I'm learning and, and trying to find those perfect photos and those perfect moments. Um, you know, I think a lot of my stuff in the past is trash. So it's cool to know that it wasn't completely trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like someone brought a, a cover of Herman up, Skateboard Mag Days, a Stalefish uh, nose grind. And I had this brief period where I was really, I mean, that was the problem with digital. It always cropped the fish eye. Yeah. And I had this thing. I always like progressing with my photography, you know, and that's why I went from 35 millimeter to medium format. I remember being like, this isn't the standard for skating. I don't care. I'm going to shoot 501C yeah. medium format. And then when the, when the, when the Canon EOS one D, which I still have mine, which I think is four megapixels. It's a crop 35 millimeter yeah. digital. I was like, I'm going to use it. And everyone hated it. 
They were like, dude, these sequins, like, and they were rightfully so. Because they was like cropped. Yeah. And the same with the H1. I got a digital back. Yeah, this is going to be sick. I got an adapter for my fisheye. What, do you have like the phase back or the Hasselblad? I did I mean, Leaf. Oh, Leaf. I was yeah, a yeah. Leaf gang. Yeah. I looked at that photo at the signing. I was like, this is so trash. What did you like about it? It's just like a cropped fisheye. Yeah. Like it's not bent enough. It like it gave me anxiety signing it. And I was just like, that was me just trying to do something different. And if I would have just had settled with, stuck with the film fisheye or went with the full frame. Yeah. You know, it's it just like, oh, it, it made me cringe. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got to try. You see those photos and you see those mis- I don't even want to call mistakes. You see those photos, and you see what you can learn to make better, and that's why now you don't do that again. And every time I see one of my photos, I see something I can improve. I don't see some mistake that sucks, because if I see what I can improve, then it's a lesson I learned. And you have to, you know, take those chances and, you know, slip out on the back tail to know how to land the next one. So yeah, yeah, because like. When you're getting busy and you're working and you're a working photographer, like how do you push yourself creatively? Because it's like, I look at it like I mean, do the opposite. Yeah, it's people always ask me that, and I'm like, bro, it's actually. I mean, I think there's other fields of photography. You know, like if I really wanted to create and push myself, I would go, okay, how could I take what I learned from basketball into street photography? I always think like, dude, I should just get a 400 millimeter lens with a doubler and sit on the busiest street in New York on a ladder. What would I get? Like I would get some crazy street photography. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, for me, that was a big thing when, when, when I felt like my look got different is because why was I using a Hasselblad? Because the basketball photographers were using it. What did I take from, you know, and I'm not the one to invent anything. Yep. But I was taking what I learned from skateboarding into my basketball. So I was using a fisheye. I was, you know, printing on color paper with sloppy borders. I was cross-processing basketball photos. Yeah. And, you know, that stuff gave me a different look. So for me, whenever I'm, I don't even get creatively stumped because as a skate photographer, you don't have the chance because creatively you have to create what, what you're given. Yeah. Um, the wall might be in the way, the sun might not be out. Um, you know, you're getting kicked out, so maybe you have to only go no flashes. There's a gazillion things that keep skate photographers always kind of stimulated and creative, and be, you got to think quick. So whenever I'm in like a non-skate situation, it's light. Like nothing is. There ain't no drama. Yeah. You're you're good. Like don't even trip. Like. I, I can create something out of nothing because that's what skate photography is. Yeah. And and for me, I've never been like a big like technique person. The the work that resonates with me is when you look at a photographer and you can tell they love what they're photographing. And when I look at your work, like you're obviously technically, um, you know what you're doing, you're creative, but it's like, I think the reason I react to it is because I can tell like when you're photographing your skate friends or maybe it's the music. Like I remember looking at some old photos like you got to photograph bad brains and you could tell like you were fucking hyped. Yeah. And that that, that, that comes that. that comes through in the photos. And I think I think people sometimes forget that a little bit that it's 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 not just technique. It's about like at least for yeah. me having the passion for what you're doing because you can tell like the photographer. Yeah, are, you can tell when people people know. You know, that's one thing. I always go, know your subject completely inside and out. Um, If you want to shoot basketball, know every move in basketball. And also storytelling, you know. Know to get the celebration after the dunk, not just the dunk. Um, Same with skateboarding. Get the trick. Get the homie celebrating and get the skater getting mad. Yeah. You know, um, there's so many more things. But, yes, I mean, I always felt that way with Spike Jones. Spike Jones, there was just something about his photos, and you could just feel good vibes from his photos. It's weird to to say that. Whereas like Dan Stir, I always felt like a very serious, kind of dark, cold energy around it. But, Hiding in the bushes. That was, yeah, that was always the stories of him and all that. He's <laughs> one of my favorites. Oh yeah. You know, like you don't always have to be like, but Spike always felt like a cheerful, yeah. happy energy, and Stir was like the dark side, and 
that's also what made you know i mean i was telling a kid about him uh in one of the lectures yesterday like and and Sturt's a perfect example where if you look at Sturt's work I think he basically only shot like natural light. Like he wasn't using strobes and all the. Well, he no. I mean, he used strobes a little bit. Like yeah. if you really look back, oh, a lot. Yeah. And, and he was a real big um, reflector person for a period. So he'd get eight, eight, four foot by eight foot pieces of like foam core. Wow. Is what the rumor was. Damn. Yeah, and if you look at it, he did sequences. Okay. You t- you can see it in some of the H Street videos. Like he's a master of light. He's a master of angles and he's a master of light. There was strobe stuff because there's like the Andrew Reynolds riding a bike airwalk ad. That's clearly strobe. Hensley, what color strobes? The um, backside lip slide. There's a bunch of nice stuff like old airwalk ads. Like mm. he he crushed it. But the later years was all available. Like yeah, cause and that-, that was a whole vibe and look that was to me always had that dark energy. Like it was sick. It was raw. I mean, he's he's. It's unbelievable. I miss I miss Transworld. They used to have on the website. They had like their entire archive. Like you could go back to like photos of like I think it was like seventy. I used to go through that all the time. Like you could they had like a database where you could like type in a certain skater and it would give you like whatever photo, Yeah, the photos and stuff. But like I, I think it's gone I now. Never looked. I actually I did try and find some covers and their cover archive doesn't do individual covers. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but yeah, like. Growing up, like, how did you first get into photography? Was it uh, skateboarding before? Like, how that? Yeah, I mean, for me, there's like a a whole bunch of different variables when people ask me that. Mm. I always shout out uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man. I was a big (laughs) Spider Man fan, still am. Um, but like my friend Josh Wildman that I grew up with, great photographer. He always had a camera, and that always inspired me made me pick one up when I broke my hand fighting with my brother and I had to take out an elective. So I took photo. And once I saw a black and white print, I, I found my other love at a young age besides music and uh, skateboarding. Mm. But I think always, you know, having a subscription to Thrasher and tearing out those pages and hanging them up was always planting a seed for me to love it. There was something I always loved about a still image at, that point in discovering skating, studying what the person's wearing, what they wrote on their grip tape, what was in the sky, what was the graffiti, what, you know, what was the crowd wearing? And, you know, you could just stop. And I think that's what's so amazing about photography still to this day. You can stop and really analyze it. Yeah. And like, how how do you, because this is the thing that everyone struggles with is like taking what you love and then turning it into a career. Like, how, how, what were those steps to, like, early steps for you to, like, turn um, it into your career? I think the early steps for me was not being scared to take a chance to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think luck pays a really big part in it. And, then, you know, it's, it's a cop-out to say that. But, you know, I just got really lucky. And I was really lucky that Grant um, Britton was so... Dave Swift were so nice to me to like really get me involved in Transworld. Um, and even Andy Bernstein giving me a chance to work with him took my photography to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa Brennan at Slam being so loyal and being such a supportive creative director that I could work for and make mistakes and not get fired because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't at a level I should have been at when I first started there. Um, but just loving what I do. I think if you love what you do, there's all different paths to it. But if you love what you do, you're not going to stress the same as some people who are like, this isn't what I love to do. I need to force this to happen. Um, it didn't happen with a conscious effort of like, that's it. So, you know, I, I think just being passionate about it, but also hard work, you have to work super hard and, if you're immersed in it, it's not even, you're not even thinking about it. Like when you're done shooting, if you don't have anything else to do, but go to the film lab and drop the roll off, yeah, that's hard work, but it's not because you're enjoying it. Yeah. And if you got the energy to like go right back to the lab first thing in the morning to see what your mistakes are, that's hard work, but that's also passion, right? So you're just deciding not to always be like, hey, I need to take my personal time to 
play COD or just chill. You're like, no, I just want to, if I'm not at the film lab, oh, then I'm going to go to Sammy. That's what the yeah. type of person I was. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go sit at Sammy's. You're okay. Like, I'll work for anyone for free to learn. You're soaking it in and you're, you're around it. And th- I think that's like, I started with that early on, like, because when, when you're first starting out, like, you're de- you're, you're desperate because you're, you're trying to make money and you're, and it's almost like you feel like you got to, like, at least and I was broke. Yeah. I was desperate, but it, it didn't. You weren't forcing it down. No, People I tried that, to get a job at 7-Eleven. Yeah. And I was gonna be so happy with that. Yeah. And Grant was like, "Nah, we we will we'll, you gotta you can't do that." Yeah. And that's luck. Yeah. You know, because if I was at that Seven Eleven, I don't know. Yeah. If things would have panned out the way to be where I'm at right now. But you're like you're saying, like you're doing the work. You have patience, and then people, you're 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 easy to work with. Obviously, like that's that's the other thing I was gonna say. Like, have you always been good at like dealing with people? And yeah. Like, well, I say that's seventy seventy percent of this job if you if you're if your subject matter is people mm-hmm. you got to be really well at working with people yeah um you can shit a, <laughs> you can shit you can shoot a shitty photo yeah and be someone cool to work with and you'll probably get the job you can shoot a great photo and be a complete asshole yeah they're not going to want to work with you mm-hmm. so it, it's just finding that balance you want to be a good photographer and then you want to be someone that's easy to work with and cool to be around you're going to get work it's really just reading the room, checking your ego, um, just being cool. In 2023, too, like, wake up and be politically correct. Don't, like, think, like, I don't have to worry about pronouns and, you know, I have this way about whatever way you want to feel about a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Keep that shit to yourself and respect other people because... I see it even more now. I'm like, man, I can't believe this person. Like, this is on set. Everybody's sensitive. Yep. And if you live life, like, respecting people's feelings, it's not that hard. And you won't find yourself with your foot in your mouth. So my thing is just be cool, especially on sets, you know? Yeah. And you learn that from just being an van and skating. Mm-hmm. You know, you see so many people with great talent say weird stuff, be weird. And then in skating, you, you're not going to make it that far. And it's not all about kissing ass and being that person. Cause that can even get you yeah, yeah. out too. It's just, <laughs> just being cool. But I think if you're just a nice person in general, yeah. you're not going to have a problem for <laughs> Nah, like people, it's fine. It's like, it's like, I'm like, there's plenty of people who are on the crew or whatever. Like they might not be the, the there might be someone who has more technical knowledge, but like, they're not as easy to work with. And it's like, you want the homies around when you're, especially when you're like, uh, especially with like skating, if you're in the van with stuff you guys do or on set, cause you want to at least create a good environment where the client's happy. Yeah. You're having a good time. Cause that's, yeah. And on a skate trip, the van is the client. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, shit. I, I was talking to my friend about that with skating and I, I didn't realize it until later growing up with skating. There's, there's a lot of respect that comes with it. It's like, you know, a jump to a new city, going to a new spot. Not there's like, there's like, uh, untold rules, uh, with 100%. skate, with skateboarding. And I think sometimes photography could maybe use a little <laughs> in industry a little bit, hundred percent. I, yeah. I, I love that with skateboarding, at least in Boston, it was like, if, if someone's acting up or acting weird or like trying to hard, because yeah, Boston's it, weird. People, I people said it on the mic. <laughs> I said it on the mic. Boston's but weird. But New York, New York, like that too. Like people yes. call you out. Like if, yes. you're, if you're trying to like, like, like win the demo or whatever, and try to show off too hard and yeah. flex it, and people will like let you know. It's like yeah. you gotta correct. So yeah. Boston, I always <laughs> found it funny. People will be like weird and call people out for it right away. You're like, yeah, Boston. It, yeah, I think it's like a weird. It's almost like the I had friends. They were like over the top with it a little bit. Yes, <laughs> we all know about Boston. Yeah, my, my first memory was uh, meeting you. Was you came out to shoot with the uh, PJ Alexis mm-hmm. and Jeremy? Yeah, and we we're at MIT, yes. and I'll never forget it, Jeremy did switch backside flip yes alexis heel flip and then you accidentally recorded over the footage remember that yeah why was i even filming i don't i think you want just wanted to do it it was paul gonzalez gonzalez uh who yeah and who used to be with fuel was there two cameras you were shooting you were shooting stills paul was shooting video and i think you were just having a good time and you were like yo let me like use the camera or some shit and then you went to 
like look at it and you somehow like record it over and then we went back the next day and jeremy did it again yeah why was i filming back <laughs> to that like i don't know i remember that um yeah, yeah alexis heel flip was so sick mm -hmm. i still that's like one of my favorite photos yeah um yeah because we couldn't find pj right yeah that's how he was elusive back then oh yeah he would just he's just, still elusive yeah i still talk to him here and there but yeah he's, he was always yeah i haven't seen him in a while i got so much love for that dude i mean yeah he's a he's, goat uh he's amazing and he's you, amazing you were in that whole you did a whole uh article that, where you're doing like multiple exposures because you did on that same yeah. you did lewis sarowski yeah skater out there and he did nollie flip down the stairs and you did like a double exposure yeah i think it was on hustle but i was like two, yeah yeah that was a cool that was like mm -hmm. a whole article that came out it was pretty cool yeah was there a double? yeah was that i remember his photo getting used for for something it was like a photo annual yeah yeah it was like the heel flip and i think that both got into it but it, it was it was cool yeah yeah uh, that was a fun time i mean it was life seemed so simple then yeah <laughs> it just yeah because looking at you now like obviously you're doing skate photography you're doing stuff with canon i know you're yeah. i think you're a part of like saint archer and some other companies like saint archer soul but yeah. um yeah Others. that the company stuff i really try to just invest them in, okay <laughs> stay out of it but photo photo's <laughs> still your main love yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 um you know shout out to my bravo co uh we make camera bags and backpacks that's probably the, the one investment side investment i really like to get involved with um but yeah for me i'm just trying to hold on to the career i have it's such a late stage in my in my life i feel like you know um you're still young gun to you but you're not you, uh, you, talk to my doctor he says you look young but <laughs> you act young but you're not young so i'll let you talk to him about that um but yeah you know i still love that i have relationships and 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 you know especially seeing tyshawn uh from the time he's 14 to now um i keep thinking i'm gonna retire after this generation or that generation and um you know, he, you know, the kickflip over the train tracks is like my swan song. And I'm so like, that's my favorite skate photo I've ever shot. Really? A hundred percent. Is it, is it because of the photo or this, the vibe of the shoot? Or? To, to be honest, I mean, obviously the scenery, what he did was amazing, but it was a one time I was able to shoot something and, and know it was really special. And no, over no matter how old that it gets, that it'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's very few skate photos that will a hundred percent hold that kind of value. And it sounds egotistical to talk about, <laughs> but too many, not too many, but so many photos that I shot that I thought were great are now just trick dork around warm ups. Mm. Um, even if we can shoot a million ollies in our career or a million kickflips, there's only like, there's very few that like, when you really think about it, if you're like, what are my top 10 skate photos? Yeah. What's your Mount Rushmore? It's obviously the kickflip. There's not that many. Yeah. Nah, you got, you got bangers, Atiba. You, you're humble. I got bangers, but like, yeah. for real, what, like, yeah. what are even like the 10 most iconic skate photos? Damn when I, you really think about it like this is fucked up and i, I don't want to sound like i'm dissing people yeah but it's hard to because there's so many right yep there's so many and and when they were taken they were at that point the gnarliest thing mm -hmm. like think about it like the new generation i'm gonna say you know there's a matt hensley backside nose one slide that start shot mm -hmm. one of my favorite skate photos it's on a curb yeah that's wild but where are we at with Eric Costin's back nose might have a hideout? One of the most iconic photos. Yeah. To me. No, nah, it is. You know what I mean? Um, but like Uto would do that or Carlos would do that switch. No problem. You know, and it's not always about that, but it does make an effect on the photo and, and what, it, what it is, you know, because it's so generational and, you know, like still to me, like, Bones Brigade invert photo. That's so iconic to me. Um, it's a time gone, capsule. I mean, Spike is like, all his photos are still so iconic. Um, 
but you go back and you're like, damn. <laughs> For me, if I'm calling my own self out, TJ's really the one. Yeah. Reynolds frontside flip with all the kids. Yeah, that was a good but one. But then again, like kickflip Hollywood, one of my favorite photos I ever shot. Do you even remember what angle it was? It, oh, the Reynolds one? Yeah. It was like cross process. It was like a green cover. Was it? Nope. Was it cross process? You're thinking of frontside flip. Uh, shit. One. That's what I'm saying. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah. if I go Jeremy Ray water tower, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know exactly yeah, exa- what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, and that's the fun of it. But I look at my career if I was like, yo, what is it? There's not that much comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's maybe like, I just I'm not that good of a photographer. No, that's not true. This goes back to what you're saying. I think it's like you'll never. You're constantly like learning. I can think of a million stirt photos like that. You you're, know? you're constantly learning. You're still trying to push yourself because I feel this. I feel like a lot of. I like feel like Andy you, Bernstein. I can think of ten photos that are completely iconic about yeah, basketball. Yeah. You know Grant Brinton. I can think of a ton. Yeah. What What do you What do you learn most from working with Grant? Um, Grant really taught me about lighting. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out. Skin was also really patient and I think lit things different. Um, Grant really helped me to figure out what a studio was. Andy really showed me how to take that to a whole nother level. Um, but really besides, uh, putting these mailers back to return people's photos, uh, you know, Grant really, he really taught me, I mean, he taught me about film processing, uh, black and white, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I already felt like I knew enough about black and white. I had a dark room in my apartment when I first graduated, but he took it to a whole nother level. Um, he was just really good at taking times to like also look at my photos and tell me the mistakes. He was a man. I used to email him. I used to email you like I was in early high school, like end of middle school, and I would ask you guys for advice. And because I was, I got back. Yeah, you definitely did all the time. And because uh, that was before really like internet, like so. Well, that's what's crazy. Because now kids have social media just to get a hold of anyone. Yeah. Uh, for me, I didn't even have email. That wasn't a thing. I would call Grant. Yeah. Because they put the number to the Transworld in, and if I got the right operator, sometimes Salama Mesakela, who's yeah the good homie still um i'd be like hey is grant brenton there and they're like what is this about i'm like uh it's a tiba and then no i wouldn't go through <laughs> that takes balls though man like a lot of people that's wouldn't... what you had to do yeah yeah man you know i i, I don't think there was a number in thrasher because they would have gotten called too yeah but it was transworld but that number was for sales oh shit it wasn't i just was like what, what let me that's see what, what happened that's what you got to do man uh I got a funny Grant Britton story. So as soon as I graduated high school, I moved out to L.A. I was living with Jeremy Rogers at the time. and Legend. Yeah, legend. Uh, <laughs> legend. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I got a meeting to go down to Solana Beach. It was around t- early days of skateboard, man. Skateboard man yeah. And I'm like 17, 18. I've never met with anybody showing I my work. I did the same thing. I was pissing yeah. my pants. I go in the office. It was right there by the train track. Oh, yeah. And I sit down. And I was like, it's fucking Grand Prix. And like, I seen him in videos and shit. And then, like, he's got a desk like this with, like, slides up to here. And, like, at that point, I had no confidence. I, I didn't know how to talk yeah. to someone. I mean, and, that's how it is with the students here. Yeah. And, like, I'll be like, yo, any questions? Like, and he got and we're i'm sitting there and i'm like this kind of because i didn't know like i never been in like in a meeting or whatever you want to call it like and he's like yeah like swift will probably be back soon and i sat there this like so uncomfortable i was like you know what? i gotta go and i was just like i just left i because i didn't know what to do and i got so nervous yeah but of course lo- looking back at it now is this like uh i mean yeah and it's awkward for everyone yeah you know it's like it's like Grant's really like, who's this kid? Like, I'm, you know, you, you got to think we were like torturing these people and they're like husbands and yeah. fathers and, yeah. you know, like you're like, oh, damn. Like, of course they don't like they, I mean, nothing to these people. Like they're like <laughs> juggling probably a call from Tony Hawk, oh, their yeah. wife and their daughter Trying all get- in the same 15 minutes. And you're like can i get a job yeah 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 like i didn't know how to. How do i get a cover i want no, a cover he was the man he was always nice i was just so yeah didn't have the confidence no i mean that's what's even crazier is like even for me um so nice and in the same thing like i visited Transworld 
um, when I uh, first came to California and I stayed a night with him. I'm like, dude, that's so crazy. <laughs> like if a kid, like no offense, I might come off sounding rude. You got to let me listen to this podcast yeah, yeah, no before. Problem. No problem. But like a random kid staying at my house now, hard no. Yeah, it'd just be. No, I've, I've never it. met you. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. And Grant let me stay one night with him. Yeah. And he didn't know me. And that that's a really uh, special thing. And I'll never forget that. Um but like I could have stole everything, you know. <laughs> like I'm not trying to think like that, but you know, who knows, you know. So um, yeah, it, it, it's really crazy how the world works. But I also think, you know, um, hopefully he knows how much of a difference that made, and that's why I always give him his flowers, mm -hmm. uh, specifically when I do anything. Um, where people ask me how I got started, you know, him and Andy Bernstein, Joe Amati's the guy behind the scenes at NBA photos, all of them. I'm like, I owe you all my house, you know, mm -hmm. because if it wasn't for them, I definitely wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. Cause how did you <clears throat> start shooting basketball? Real quick. Cause I'm not trying to be a weirdo, but I'm such a weirdo. Cause I don't do many podcasts. Yeah. How long are we rolling? Cause I don't like to talk too long. <laughs> 30 minutes. Oh, that's all we are so far? Yeah. Okay, cool. I like to keep it in an hour. Yeah, I don't know that's how good. Long yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, I'm, I ain't trying to be the four hour. No, nah, no, nah, it ain't going to be that. It ain't going to be that. I, I, you like, good? You... Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, good. I just, right. the people don't need to hear my voice that long. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, uh, well, oh, yeah. So you're shooting skating, you're doing all this stuff. Like, how do you kind of start shooting NBA stuff? Like, how does that connection happen? You know, it, it was all the same thing back then and i still think it's the same thing now um assert yourself in those situations um basketball is not so easy but if you want to become a basketball photographer i'd be like i mean now it's crazy because high school is more popular yeah in some ways than nba and so you go to where you want to be if you want to shoot skating go to the skate park mm -hmm. but know what you're shooting know like the difference between a good skater and a bad skater mm -hmm. and find a good skater and shoot the good skater yeah he's th th they're gonna be stoked on you shooting them mm -hmm. basketball find the best best basketball player they are gonna be psyched that you shot them so my thing is the basketball thing. I was sneaking my camera and I got very lucky here. Once again, luck came in. My brother was talking to Joe Amati at NBA Photos. He was like telling him how I'd sneak my camera. And he was like, you should connect your brother your, your brother with uh, Andy Bernstein. Mm -hmm. And Andy let me sit next to him at a game. And then he connected me with Garrett Elwood, who I owe a lot to. And it was the summer. It was the first season of the Sparks, the Forum. And he's like, dude, just come to any game. I would just come to the games. I could plug into the lights. The strobes at the Forum were always the best. They were set so nice. <laughs> and um, I learned so much. And just connecting with Joe. And he kept me with Andy. And then Andy, I remember he's like, hey, I got a credential and a key to the cage. So I would love for you to, you know, I can't pay you every game, but you know, you can come as much. And I, I would come to every game I was in town for every single game and just help him change cameras. I mean, I was the lowest on the, the totem pole of the other three assistants, but, um, it was such a great experience. And for you, it was really, you just wanted to be around the game and shoot 100%. it and do something, do something new. Like, yes. yeah. And, and he was teaching me so much. He was patient with me. Um, you know, which is, which is such a cool thing because, you know, at the end of the day, you're teaching someone who eventually can take your job. Yeah. Um, and he was never weird about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and even saying with me now, you know, I'll tell anyone anything mm -hmm. because, you know, he did that for me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just great. And just being around it and, um, Herb George, um, shout out to him who was a creative director and art director, uh, at slam magazine. Um, he got me in there and then Melissa Brennan, uh, was using me at the same time. So at the same time I was shooting NBA basketball, learning about the game on the court 
and then learning about portrait shoots because Andy would always do stuff for the NBA and like commercial stuff. Yeah. So Andy was the first person I was around that I saw work with a proper, you know, creative team at an agency and the client and everybody. Yeah. This is film days too. So you're not tethered. No one gets to see what you're doing. You get a Polaroid. Yeah. You start shooting that film, mark every roll, clip test, shoot a lot more extra to make sure you got it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time. I mean, one of the craziest shoots that I was able to assist on was um, a shoot for the cover of uh, LA, um, LA Times Magazine. Mm-hmm. And I had, there was this thing called Atom Magic, which was a glorified like snoot. And I had like, there's barely a modeling light. And I remember I was like, it was like basically the gnarliest grid and you had to like aim it right. And I had to aim it at coat. I can't believe I did not blow. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Yeah. And, um, it came out great. I think it was a cover. I know it was a cover. I can't remember if the ad magic was a cover, but Andy got a cover. And I remember just really working with, with Kobe that day. It was Andy Bern or not Andy Bernstein, Jim Goldstein's house, mm-hmm. the famous house from um, Oh yeah, the Big yeah. Lebowski. Yeah, so many people shoot there. Like, yeah, he's like, and I mean, this is I mean, this is two thousand. Like I've known Goldstein for twenty three years now. You know, so when I see him, I'm like, what up? And I actually, the funny thing. Don't sit next to that dude at a Laker game if you're a Laker fan, because he's not a Laker fan. Oh, really? Nope. What Everyone you... thinks he is. Yeah. But he... Jimmy don't like the Lakers, and that's why his tickets sit next to the opposing bench. And um, Who's his team? I want to say he's publicly said, I don't really have a team. Oh, he's... He fucks with the Clippers, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He does not like the Lakers, okay. but he's a player, the fan of the game. Yeah. But he like is openly not he roots against the Lakers. And I mean, shout out to Flea. He's such a sweetheart and a dear friend. And this season he invited me to a game and Goldstein, like it's Flea, whoever Flea is with Goldstein. And <clears throat> you know, I love the Lakers. You know, working for them, working for the Clippers. I'll, you know, bleed both those teams. And Goldstein is just rooting against us. And we <laughs> lost that game. And it was like an important game. It might have even been playoffs. And it's annoying the fuck out of me. Like, really, like, I'm getting hot. Like, what the... Like, I'm just tuning him out, but it's not working. You guys are, you guys are losing at this time, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it was... Pat Beverly was on the other team. Oh, is this, and, la- is this last season? Yeah. When Pat did the photo, he brought the camera out. No, <laughs> I wish. I added yeah, Canon. I reposted that. That's so, I wish I shot that photo. But Pat Beverly was like coming up to like, it, not us directly, but like in our faces. Yeah. And right. Was, was it this season or last season? I can't remember. And um, after the game, I, I said to Flea, I was like, I see why you sit me next to Goldstein. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, it was so annoying. It was like add salt to injury. But um uh I don't know where that was going. Nah, yeah. Oh the Kobe story. But yeah, anyways, Goldstein's house, legendary. And I love Goldstein. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Nothing but 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 the most love for that dude. But man, do not sit next to him at a Laker game. The, one if of the, you're a Laker fan. If you're not a Laker fan, that's the best person to sit next the, to. The best photo I, you had I don't know who took it, but it's like after the Lakers won a championship and you're in the locker room, yeah. dapping yes. up Kobe, and you can see it's like a genuine like yeah, you're like no. a kid on Christmas. Like yeah. I felt I felt excited for you. Like I'm a Celtics fan, but I was just yeah. like I saw a photo, man. Like fuck the Celtics. Yeah, <laughs> you can leave that straight in this podcast. Oh man, bring it, man. Don't even. I was there when y'all won. Oh, that man. was. Yeah. One of the saddest days of my life. <laughs> KG's in the locker room, like dousing me with champagne. I tell him Sports Center. I, you know, I'm doing my job. And yeah. when you do your job, you can't pick a team when you work for the NBA. No. You have to stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, everyone, I, my phone was blown up. I'm walking home from the hotel. I got, I stayed at whatever hotel's walking distance. Mm hmm. 
And um, I had a Leica shirt on under my my polo <laughs> shirt, but I couldn't even take my polo shirt nah, off. Nah, you nah, know, nah, it was so sad. It, it was sad, bro. It was that hurt. Like Detroit hurt, but that one really hurt. Yeah, yeah. And I was walking home, so depressed, and my phone's just blown up. You're a sellout. <laughs> I'm like, what am I supposed to? I mean, Kevin's a friend of mine. Like, I can't just ignore it. But uh. Yeah, it was real funny because when we won that second and when that photo was shot, yeah. shout out to my boy Jesse. It was real funny. Um, Jesse had uh, uh, Nat Butler. These are all name drops of the greatest NBA yeah. photographers ever. Mm-hmm. Nat Butler was like, yo, you can see Nat in that picture. He's like, yo, I, I just shot the best photo. It sucks, though. You can't see your face. But he's like, look at this. And it's just a big box logo, Supreme box logo yeah. on my hat. And it's like Kobe, you know, grinning. And then Jesse was like, yo, take my card. Like, I'll get you this. back this up right now yep. so it doesn't get lost. Yep. And uh, yeah, that, that photo is like, to me, you know, that's that's Jordan crying with the trophy or Kobe with the trophy and the, the Jeff Hamilton jacket status. But if it was only a photo I took and not me, you'd be hyped. <laughs> I would be hyped. Yeah. I'm always like, I would. I don't have a good Kobe celebration photo yeah. for all the finals I was in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the greatest one I have, I'm in it, but fuck it. It's good. Nah, it's great. You could tell like you guys obviously. Well, had- he just looked at it. was so funny. He just looked at He's like, we fucking did it, bro. Yeah. We fucking did it. He had respect for you. There yeah. you a real working relationship. Yeah, you I mean, them. yeah, he he was always that guy. Yeah. You know, Kobe was. Um, you know, I always talk tell this story about like his focus pregame. We we would see each other, and before a game, what up, what up? On the court, wouldn't even acknowledge me. And I was, I asked Andy, I was like, "What's up with this dude?" And he's like, "No, look, he does that to everyone." There's a famous video like I think Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Yeah, yeah, Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. like once you know that. Yeah. Kobe's last season, I was covering him for Slam, and he was sitting on the on the on the um, bench, mm-hmm. and he just looks at me. He's like, "Yo," and I'm like, "This this is 20 years of icing." You're like, "No, I didn't even flinch. <laughs> I just kept shooting." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "He's probably talking to someone yeah, behind yeah. me." He's like, "A diva." Like, wow. What? Yeah. Yeah, he had great times. Even one time, this was when an uh, amazing book everybody should buy, Mama Mentality by Andy Bernstein yep. and Kobe. Um, we I got invited. Andy had invited me to the super private, you know, there's maybe 50 to 75 people book uh, reading appearance him and Kobe were doing before a game mm-hmm. at Staples. And I hit Costin just for the record – and he didn't fuck with me. So I hit P-Rod. P-Rod had just got knee surgery. And we were there. We were grabbing some beers. Like, it's, you know, very corporate. Yep. And um, uh, we were just kind of hanging a little awkward, but having a good time. And Kobe comes in. He's just like, a diva. Just went right up to me. I'm like, P-Rod's here. He's like, P-Rod. And we just kicked it. And, you know, he had like five minutes. Everyone's trying to get a moment. And Kobe just kicked it with us and yeah they're like okay kobe we got to get you to the stage he, he does it and uh paul's like damn we didn't get a selfie i was like that's not a problem yeah kobe gets done everyone's trying to get a selfie and he's like icing everyone and i'm like kobe kobe let, let me and Peter get this selfie he comes right up and it's just a great photo, selfie of all of us <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, he's the best. I think that just goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. He, he loved skating. Yeah, and he loved anyone who loved what they were doing. He he, there was no bullshit with that dude. And if he saw you had a passion and you worked as hard as whatever your craft was as he did, mm-hmm. he had the utmost respect. And I think it kind of probably goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is where it's like you're easy to work with, and you're you're probably fun. You're fun to be around, and probably a lot of times the photographers he probably had he did a million photo shoots. He's oh like, yeah, he's not. I, he, I, I've been I've been on a set where Kobe wasn't the most friendly. Yeah, because he didn't like the creative though. Yep, that was the thing. You had he was a special person, and and I get that. Like he 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 wasn't into it unless he was into the creative, and I always tried to include him when I was shooting him mm-hmm. in the creative, and 
you know, he called, he called me out once on something where <laughs> I was trying to get, you know, a backup. Yeah. Uh, por- he had an idea for these portraits. We did his idea and I, they were like, Hey, get him this way. And he's like, you can shoot my profile, but I'm not looking at it. Cause they'll use that over my idea. Oh shit. And you know, if I would have got this straight on, he might've been. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, but, how, how, how do you deal with that? Like, when you ask someone something once and that's it if they say no keep it moving or like just in terms of like when you're photo when you're doing like portraiture projects and campaign work or whatever and you're dealing with like whoever it might be it could be a famous athlete or could this be some normal person whatever and they're just like you know maybe they just don't like having their picture taken and like doing this they don't want to be you there shoot that day. fast fast shoot fast you know make sure you give everyone confidence because if you're making them look as good or if not better than in real life you're doing your job so when you're saying this looks great hold it there this looks great that better be the truth Mm -hmm. but reassuring your subject really helps being fast really helps and being um, confident what you're going to do you don't want to sit there when your clients or I mean your subjects on set and being like hmm maybe don't say maybe go in there and go hey look three quarters this way Chin up, chin down, arms folded. So you you go in with a plan with this shoot. Hundred percent. Pre visualize everything. Yeah, and then you know improv. Save that for piano. Yeah, which you can play piano too. This guy's a little bit. (laughs) Couple more questions. I'll I'll get you out of here. Oh, you're good. Um, you know, with photography, it's hard because you're balancing like a creative thing, but it's also a business. Like, how do you? I mean, I don't consider myself an artist. No. No, really? What do you this? What do you? I'm a documenter. I I think true art, I, and I'm not trying to rough feathers or sound like a weird old dude on a podcast saying some outlandish stuff. But I think most photographers, like, yes, there's artistic creativity to it, yeah. and there's artistic photographers. I mean, I think Tyler Mitchell, Ryan McGinley, Jerry Sue. You know, Ed Templeton. Yeah. You know, a lot of my peers, I think, are amazing artists. But I think a lot of us who think we are, we're just documenting. Hired guns. We're we're hired guns. Well, because you need that person. You need that subject. Yep. An artist who's painting. Mm Mm-hmm. It could it's, be abstract. It could, you know, it's it, pure. There's no like, yeah. Other or a musician, like, yo, that, like, I just think a lot of photographers have these egos. And with the painting, there's only one person that can paint that. Mm-hmm. Only one. If you sit at a basketball game and we all point our cameras at the same player and we sit next to each other, we're all getting the same photo. Like, I just did. A workshop with these students here i set up the lights yeah i showed them where to put yeah. the camera i tap them on the shoulder for their timing yeah we all have the same photo yeah you couldn't tell the difference so what then makes me enter any different than them not not like nothing i would say so to be I would... an artist no offense you know some could say that about music was whoever wrote it right that's the artist see okay i would say I I got a friend. She's a photojournalist. She covers a lot of politics, and they go to these. They're always up in New Hampshire now because they got like all the candidates are going up there, and they do rallies or whatever. And they, they got the press pool there, and it's always in like some ugly room. Like it's not you're you're this oh yeah it's photojournalist, so you can't light it or whatever yeah. press and, conference. But they can like she can make she finds angles in these things that like you don't see, which, right? Which I think is there's creative elements. I mean, I think there is. Yeah. Of course, there's always creative elements. Yeah. Um, but to really get down to it, yeah, art, art is, you know, so is pure. It's pure. It's yeah. There, there's and, no- and it's also to the eye of the beholder. But I say as an art form, you know, no one's ever gonna paint like there. And there's a million people who try to like Basquiat. Mm-hmm. I've seen a million wannabes. There's only one Basquiat. Everybody's trying to Avedon and you know, Leibowitz and everyone or whoever. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think, no offense, you know, we can all, you know, the thing they were pioneers. They, you know, I'll give my flowers to the OG photographers all because they did it first. Yeah. Um, but still in photography, 
you could replicate them. Yeah. And, you know, there's no replicating Raymond Pettibon. Like, there's just not, you know, like, there's only going to be one straight up, you know, and there's going to be someone else after me. <laughs> yeah. That's even I, I respect that, man. This shows you have that much respect for art. Like, pure. Yeah. Pure, I mean, art. I just think we all want to try and claim yeah, yeah, yeah. this thing. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. Especially nowadays. It's nah, like, you can't. <laughs> you, you know, if you want portraits of people, you, you got to have someone there. You can't just yeah. pick up your medium. You know, skateboarding, you can. You could just pick up your skateboard, go outside, and do it. Mm-hmm. Photography, you're like, damn, what am I going to point this yeah. box at? Yeah. No, it's true. And uh, one story I was interested in hearing about, you had an opportunity to go out, I think, to Paris for a, a, a Louis Vuitton show, show with Virgil Abloh. Yeah. They would, and I think I think I heard you, you guys got to go to the factory and see them like... Mix. That was a different trip. Yeah. Um, Virgil is someone who's very special to me. I mean, that's an artist. Yeah. That's a top shelf. Um, he was someone I wasn't aware of. Um, I got asked by Nike when they did the off-white Nike summit, like his launch. If you look back at that, I wonder if there's like videos of that whole thing. Cause you look at the flyer, it's stacked with really amazing artists and people. And it's cool. Cause my name's an A, so it's real high up on the list. <laughs> but I was just going because they were like, Hey, we want you to mediate a conversation about basketball and skateboarding with, uh, Eric Carson. Eric Karsten mm-hmm. with uh, Eric Costin and J.R. Smith. Yeah. And uh, I had actually never met J.R. Um, I love J.R. now. He's such a good homie. Yeah. Um, but I'm from Colorado, so he was an amazing Denver Nugget. I was like, this will be huge. And I'm like, I get paid, flown out, hotel, party for a couple nights with Eric, my dog. Let's do it. And I get there and I'm like... I didn't do my homework. <laughs> I was like, I talk basketball and this yeah. and anyone, you know, but I didn't, I didn't look up who Virgil was. Yeah. I remember not even knowing how to say his last name. Yeah. And, um, it's got, you know, they get me there and it's so much going on. It's really cool. A lot of people I know from LA and New York creatives. And, um, I'm expecting, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Kind of like maybe an asshole, you know, and he, here comes the nicest dude, a big ass black dude. You know, he could have been a white dude. I didn't even know. Yeah. And he's so nice and he's so sweet. And um, he loves skating. He loves skating. Yeah. And he was asking Eric. Eric was trying to show him how to do 360 flips. I have some pictures of it. <laughs> and we're backstage about to go on stage and like. LeBron's backstage. I'm like, who is this Virgil dude in my head? And we do the conversation. It's really great because he was actually a part of the mediation. Mm-hmm. And I would have done such a better job now as a public speaker. Um, but it was really great. Um, after uh, I went to tag him in photos, we, spent, we went out, spent the night, like he was DJing and had a great time. And I went to tag him and there was a DM and he's like, Hey, my name's Virgil. I'm a big fan of your work. I love the way that you mix skateboarding and basketball. Wow. And I started following him. I was like, bro, this guy is like, that's, that that's my like creative soulmate, my music soulmate, skating, sports. I was just like, bro, this dude likes everything I like from <laughs> jazz to like electron, like everything. And we just, it was a messages every day, like whatever he posted, I was replying this comment and he was always getting back to me. And everyone says that still, I didn't know who he was. And then I saw he had his first show for LV. I was like, this guy's special. And I got an invite to go to his second show. So I went to Paris just for one night to do it. And it really changed my life. And it was amazing because they sat me front row. And by now, Virgil was starting to become Virgil. So it was even more star-studded. So it was a wild group of people. And for him to put me in a seat like that was crazy. And um, the other trip, it was really funny because we ended up doing shoots together. I never did anything for LV. But... I thought I was and like the Louis Vuitton people hit me up and they were always great sending stuff and it was really cool 
because I'm not a high fashion. I'm not a very materialistic person. But him, he introduced me to that whole world. And I have a lot of respect for that world. I think that world, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff with it, but there's a lot of beautiful stuff. And like when I went to shows to see sound design, set design, lighting design, all these really creative things go for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's such a high level of production for 15 minutes. I don't think enough people outside of high fashion pay attention to that stuff and really understand how special that stuff is. It's a, re- uh, it's a real experience. It's psycho. Yeah. It's like so psycho next to a stage show of, you know, Beyonce, you know, those are hour and 45 minute fashion shows. Wow. You know, and yeah, I, you know, I, I get this call and it's like, yo, can you go to Venice and Milan seven days? I'm like, yeah, dude, well, yeah, we'll do a shoot. Cause we hadn't done a shoot yet. I did shoots for him after, but we hadn't done a shoot yet. So I was like very gassed to work with this dude. I'm like, yo, like, you know, I hit the people cause they, they got my passport. They got... I'm like, what are the dates? Like, or not what are the dates, but what are the what's the creative? And they're like, creative? What do you mean? I'm like, isn't this a photo shoot? And they're like, no. We're actually we're sending you this this, this template to design a shoe. And like if you want to post it, cool, if that's what you mean. But yeah, this is just like kind of a vacation. So this is for off-white or this is little This is L V. L V, wow. So we designed, like, it was basically a Nike ID. Like, you pick yeah, the patterns yeah. on this trainer and turn it in. And then we, they flew us, like, 10 other. And it was like an influencer trip. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a bummer because V had, had gotten sick, so he couldn't go on the trip. And um, But as a trip, it was insane. All first yeah, class, yeah, yeah, yeah. the nicest things. Like, I st- it, it was crazy. And and it was really great. Um, uh, uh, Don C and Sean Witherspoon were two people. The, everyone else I, I really connected to. Those are two people I travel with on the trip that were hilarious. And, and it was a seven-day Louis Vuitton vacation. And, you know, like, that was Virgil putting me in situations like that. And, you know, I was able to work with him um, a couple times before he passed. And it was great. You know, and and he was such a special person, and what he did for a person of color, to 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 do what he did, and and the things that he left behind are are really amazing. You know, if you really look back at his team, they're still like really, and his wife are doing such a special thing of keeping Virgil with us, and and actually, uh, Art Basel, I'm gonna do a very big show. Um, photo show, which maybe I'm leaking this before, yep. um, for the, the the nerds nice. that uh, uh, are down in Miami. But let's, you know, we're yeah. gonna do a big photo show. We're gonna do another demo event down there. We did the first annual uh, Ablo Inventational with the whole group of skaters last Art Basel. That was amazing. Just the demo. His kids were there. His wife were there, and the, you know, everyone who came out was so amazing. It was such a great thing. So, yeah, we're doing it again. And, you know, that dude forever changed my life. Damn, that's amazing. And just to end, uh, could you ever imagine, like, getting into photography and skateboarding, just following along with your career the last 25 years through magazines and now social media and stuff? Like, you've got to do so many incredible things. Like, did you ever imagine you'd have a life like this? And, like, what do you want to do moving forward, I guess, to end? Um, I, no, I didn't. And I, I really, you know, I want to continue doing it. I want to make books. Um, I want to continue shooting as long as I can, but I also want to enjoy life. I want to spend time with my family. I want to spend time with my friends more. Um, you know, I want to skateboard more, um, for myself. I want to play piano, um, create, you know, but really work on books and photo projects. Books are something I talk to V about all the time. And, and I really want to follow through for that in in his honor Mm. um but i also want to do as much um as i can give back to my community um i found uh community work to be really um enjoyable during a pandemic uh watts 
Community Corps is a community center that I was able to volunteer a lot of time to when I was home. And now I feel terrible because I'm not home yeah. and I don't get to do that. So I try and do fundraising and different things now that I um now that I uh, am on the road. So if if it's anything that I can help, I try to from a distance. But get back to LA and see Tanya and help at that place. And yeah, I just enjoy life. You know, life, uh, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of friends and great people already. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, you don't know what's around the corner. So, you know, don't take it for granted and try and do as much, but also enjoy it. So I'm very lucky to have a, a successful career that's been going for 30-ish years almost. So yeah, well, Atiba, yeah. man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Yep. It's always a pleasure uh, talk, uh, running into you and stuff like that. So thank you so yeah. much. No problem. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. So there you have it. That was the Atiba Jefferson episode. Uh, just can't thank Atiba enough for taking the time. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him about his career and everything he's worked on and everything he's currently working on. Um, so thank you so much. Um, definitely go check out Atiba's website at atibaphoto.com. And you can go follow him on Instagram. He's always updating on there, at Atiba Photo. I'll put all the links in the description. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. And don't forget, um, if you want to try out PickDrop, the image transfer tool, um, with today's episode, all you have to do is go to PickDrop.com and enter the promo code BANTER when you sign up, and you'll get two months free. So definitely go check that out and let me know what you guys think. And I got more episodes coming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. So stay tuned. I've been recording and uh, I'll have new episodes coming along. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.